Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pretty Boy Podcast here. I'm your host, Pretty Boy Chris, and this podcast is brought to you by the Rage Game Network Podcast and Rage Game Network Podcast crew. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Pretty Boy Podcast. I'm your host, Pretty Boy Chris. And wow, um, I apologize for the little bit of break here for the last couple months here from Rage Game Network uh, podcast myself. Um, all I will say is we've been busy. A lot of us have been traveling. <laughs> some of us across the United States, some just in the the region, some internationally, so to speak. Um, so we have been just tied up doing other things that we have not been able to get back onto uh, the podcast. So we're hoping very shortly here that we can get ourselves straightened out so we can provide content back to you for Rage Game Network and also Pretty Boy Podcast. So with that being said, <clears throat> today is our season, I'm sorry, yeah, season finale of season one of the Pretty Boy Podcast. So I have a couple news things I'm going to go over. We're going to take a little hiatus for Pretty Boy Podcast. I'm planning like four or six weeks, maybe. That's my plan. And then we'll get you to, uh, back to doing episodes or season two. So we're looking at probably around j early June. We'll start back up with season two of Pretty Boy Podcast. Um, got a couple things I'm looking into, maybe changing a few things, but we'll see how things go. And then, yes, we'll plan on, obviously, I'll plan on attending, obviously, uh, Rage Game Network Podcast and talking to the crew, Andy, Sarah, Connor, Ben, and others have been joining, like Bob uh, and the Cody we had last time on for a movie review. So, got a lot, got a lot on our plate. A lot of things we're looking at. So, anyways, what we're gonna do for the season finale of the Pretty Boy Podcast? Let me just go over what we're gonna talk about today. And on today's podcast, I got a couple mini topics. We'll talk a little bit about the Super Mario Brother movie, a news item that came out from that. Um, I'm gonna leave an episode later on here with the next maybe couple weeks where I'm going to actually do a non-spoiler and a spoiler review of the Super Mario's Brother movie here on the Pretty Boy Podcast, so keep an eye on that. Like I said, we'll talk a little bit about what's been going on, just brief discussion of some things going on at Rage Gate Network for many topics, so you can kind of catch up a little bit what we've been doing the last couple months here. Uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about some of the games that I've been playing, because I have been playing a lot of video games recently. Um, Why well, I've had this time off away from recording. And then our main topics for today, we're going to go over a couple topics that have been going on. We'll talk about what's going on with the UK and the whole Microsoft Activision deal that's been going on. It's been some craziness the last probably 10 days with that. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that and tell you what's going on with that whole shenanigans that's been going on across the pond. We're going to talk about Microsoft and Natita. Announced an expansive new gaming deal. Uh, we'll go into the details a little bit about that and how that it could affect you if you're playing uh, PC or Xbox games. After the break, we're going to talk a little bit about YouTube gaming. Uh, we're going to get into the leadership changes and the creative deals that have been done. Um, being one of the bigger changes, I think, in the medium of video game streaming. Um, so we'll get to see a little bit of what's going on with YouTube and their whole product and what they want to bring out. And then the last one, um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor just came out, and I got an article from the director who talks a lot about, you know, 
these are pretty good games, and I'd like to see this turn maybe into like a trilogy of uh, video games. So we'll get into that a little bit, and we'll talk more about that. Uh, I am playing that game, and we'll get into that more in a little bit. Then we'll talk about Pretty Boys Game of the Week. And then after that, that's pretty much it for our episode. So I don't think that's a lot. Hopefully this goes pretty quickly, I would say, right? We'll see. So let's just jump into the mini topics for today. So the mini topics I've got here. Number one, uh, the first one is the Super Mario Brothers movie across the $1 billion at the box office. Not too long ago, within the last couple of weeks here. Um, let me pull up that right now, actually. All right, perfect. So from what I can tell here, it looks like that the Mario movie... Um, made this might be a little bit old bear with me but we're looking at the box office record that they really get is 1.065 billion dollars they made worldwide and i believe that is opening weekend plus the next weekend if i'm correct so 1.065 million that's a lot of money uh Especially for an animated film, um, but I expected because of the um, IP right that Universal has here with the uh, Super Mario's Brothers movie that absolutely uh, you know that that's a lot of money and that's not even it's theaters are still packed with this uh, content. It think about it. Mario's been in our most of our lives. Those of you who have been around a lot longer than me um, since like the mid '80s. With the video games, so I was listening to another show about this, and I think they put it really simply here that the show has three generations of fans. You've got your grandparents, you got your parents, maybe yourselves, or even your kids, right? Potentially four, depending on how you want to look at it. But we know at least three generations. You know, usually your parents were playing the Mario games, you played them, and then your kids are playing them. Maybe your grandparents, because that's a possibility if you have um, that option there, right? So, to hear this news, I'm not really shocked. I mean, it went over a billion. I figured it was going to go over a billion. Um, we want to see where it goes at the end of its run. I'm going to guess, this is just me, I'm going to guess that we hit somewhere between 1.2 and 1.4 million. Uh, I'm sorry, billion. 1.4 billion so 1.2 to 1.4 billion dollars i really think that's where it's gonna go um just looking at a quick article here something that just happened not even that long ago that i wanted to tell you guys is that in the last couple hours so this actually weekend that the film is coming out in north america the Super Mario Brothers movie actually set a new box office record. It just crossed the $500 million mark in North America um, box offices, which, and this is coming from The Hollywood Reporter, which is actually really good, um, especially in this pandemic era. Um, it's, I think, the top, it's number four, I think, this year alone or within the last uh, couple of years. You've got, just to give you an idea, it just crossed 500. You've got Avatar, the sequel, making $683 million at the box office uh, in North America. Top Gun making $718.7 million, which, duh, 
that sequel. I mean, we've been waiting for that for years. And then Spider-Man No Way Home, which the third, the trilogy, right, with all those hyped up with all the people that are going to be in that film. Um, $814 million, uh, in the box office. So, yeah, this this is really good. This is really good for Universal, uh, Illuminations, and Nintendo. They're trending upwards. So what I will say to that is, yeah, they're, d- they're doing it right. They're doing a good job. And I really hope they keep up with this. Uh, like I said, I'm hoping somewhere between... 1.2 to 1.4 million uh, billion dollars is what they're going to go at the end of their run. We will see that hopefully uh, in the next couple weeks here. All right, real quick, second topic for the mini topic, um, Rage Game Network. So, like I said, last two months, a lot going on. Uh, I know myself a month ago, I was away. I was almost halfway across the country, it seems like. Um for some training and some other stuff. Everyone's been everywhere. They've been doing things, whether it be um, professional life stuff or personal lives, having to go travel. It's been crazy for all of us here. So I just want to tell you guys, please, if you have not checked out Rage Gay Network podcast, yes, I'm plugging our podcast here. Um, if you have not checked out Rage Game Network podcast or any of our social medias, go down to the show notes below. You're going to see where you can get access to all those things. Our website, merchandise. We have a lot of merchandise. If you would like a t-shirt or a coffee mug or a backpack, we've got some stylish materials on hand. Uh, please go check out down in the uh, the bottom um, of this podcast. There should be a list and a link to RageGateNetwork.com. That's where you're going to find our social media, like Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, I'm losing it right now. Discord. We have a Discord. We do talk to you guys if you talk on the Discord. Actually, that's usually how we send messages back and forth to each other. Um, personally, I'm looking at actually, we've been doing a D&D podcast, um, not podcast. We've been doing campaigns, um, and we'll talk about that just in a second here. But with that being said, I have been looking at a Discord channel where um there was i guess an opening for a uh, free play f- uh for a D online with a bunch of people i think it's called the guild so i am kind of waiting i might be jumping in a second D campaign um uh, once a bunch of strangers online for free we will see how that plays out and i'll let you guys know and put a shout to them and a link at the bottom here either in this episode or as we go further forward when i learn a little bit more um I've been out playing Pokemon Go a lot lately. There's been a lot of good events. Um, I didn't really get to catch up. There was a big event, I believe, coming up in a few weeks. Uh, for I forgot which Pokemon you can catch, but I have been out and about myself. Um, I know Andy's been out every once in a while. Um, you've heard Cody, uh, someone that we know in the uh, part of Rage Game Network. He's been killing it when it comes to Pokemon Go. Um, I forgot he's... Level 38, I think he said. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm level 26, and I don't I don't play every day. I do like playing Pokemon Go, but I, I, I just kind of like in, walk around. I catch Pokemon. Sometimes I'll do all the the field st- uh, stuff and, and all that. I do it, but I don't do it often. I don't jump on every day. I do it maybe every couple days or so. I send gifts to people because, you know, I, I, I know I got to do that as part of playing Pokemon Go, but Cody, 
he does a fantastic job. He's been doing really good. He's been hitting it <laughs> really hard. Um, so, yes, we do have a Pokemon Go, um, I believe, a tab in our Discord. So if you want to talk about it or if we want to drop more information, we'll drop more information there. Okay. We talked a little bit about a couple other things like um, D&D playtesting, a couple things with uh, D&D 1. Uh, we've been talking about Nintendo, a lot of Nintendo and their third-party games throughout the last couple podcasts. Controllers. We talked a lot about controllers. That was a topic at some point. Um, I'll tell you right now, if you could play with an N64 controller, those of you who have played it probably know that's probably one of the most difficult controllers that you can play with. I'm learning keyboard and mouse, which is driving me nuts because I love controllers. I'm learning. It's taking a little bit. Bear with me, okay? But I just started playing with an Xbox controller on one of the games just because it's so much easier than keyboard and mouse. Um, and I'm learning Xbox. Not It's not hard. It takes a little bit. I'm used to a PlayStation controller, so Xbox isn't that, that too bad uh, once you get to play with it. Um, we also do have... So this kind of ties in the last two. We do have the last Pretty Boy... Po- I'm sorry. Rage Game Network podcast topic that we talked about check the last video it should be below from this one is our review of the dungeons and dragons honor amongst thieves um movie that just came out in the last couple months it's coming to streaming very soon um so if you are interested in seeing the movie you did not get to see it in theaters paramount plus will be the place that you get to see that with that being said if you want to hear our spoiler talk and non-spoiler talk at rage game network podcast Please go check in the um, episode below us here. That was our uh, D&D movie review. It's got spoilers and non-spoilers. Beginning is non-spoilers. The end is spoilers. So depending where you want to listen, figure that out. I'll let you uh, figure out how you want to do that. But that's down below. Like I said, keep listening. Keep listening to all the episodes. We appreciate it. We love you guys. Uh, We enjoy uh, having you guys around here. All right, last one here for what's going on with Rage Game Network. Um, we've been playing uh, D&D campaigns and a couple one-shots. Um, <clears throat> we talked a little bit before, but RGN, I know we're getting towards the end of our Curse of Strahd campaign in D&D uh, 5e edition. I jumped in a little bit later in, into the campaign. They've been playing this campaign now for, I think, two years plus. Don't quote me. I just don't remember off the top of my head, but close to two years um, Sarah, Andy, Connor, and Ben have been playing most of the time. Um, I've been jumping every once in a while when I can. Um, I don't remember if Bob jumped in. I think Bob jumped in at one point in time, did like a, a one shot with him, basically. Um, so, good game. I, I really like Curse of Strahd. Um, it's a really good campaign. I really enjoyed it. Um, we did a session not that long ago which actually focused a little bit more on my character, which was kind of nice. Um, and that's what's nice about these campaigns is that you really uh, you get to flush out everyone's backstory. We focus so much that I remember on Andy's story when um, I was playing a lot. This last one was f- heavily focused on my character, uh, like I said, because I came in later in the campaign. So there was so much fun that we had, and I'm not going to talk about anything now, but Check the last couple episodes. We did talk about the D&D campaign, and we'll be talking about that one um, in the future. Also, we've done a couple one-shots, and we pulled those stories from the uh, Tales of the Yandering Portal, um, D&D 5e edition. 
First one was a little prequel story um, to the current campaign. I got to play a, um, someone else in the campaign. Ben got to make my character. Thank you, Ben. Um, so it was Andy and Sarah's character from Curse of Strahd. They were just lower level than... Um, this was events way before um, Curse of Strahd. So that was really fun that we got to kind of play different. I got to play a unique character. I got to have fun. I got to play my normal ranger that I usually play in a D&D campaign and have fun in the process. With that being said, we've been talking about this on, I believe, the Rage Game Network uh, Facebook page. But we came across a certain individual that is legendary in D&D campaigns. In this uh, actual, this this one shot, this usual game that everyone plays. My apologies, campaign. <clears throat> um, so we actually had uh, a character named Meepo who popped in. We've talked, I believe, a little bit about him. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything here, Pretty Boy, but what I will tell you is um, the first one we got to meet Meepo, got to have some fun. Enjoyed everything he did. I pretty much got to inspire him to come on the journey with us, which was hilarious. Um, and then the second one shot we did because we couldn't do our campaign yet for Curse of Strahd. Um, we got to play other characters for that one. And I got to play Meepo. I'm spoiling here now, but I got to play Meepo. Um, in the second sh one shot, I will not talk about what happened um, towards the end of the campaign. I'm going to leave that for Rage Game Network podcast. But what I'll tell you is, I didn't know you could play a Cobalt NPC player, but Ben did a fantastic job creating my character um, for Meepo. Um, it was it was great. I, I actually really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Um, I had to <laughs> we had to uh, the. Andy and Sarah had to guess who I was. So when I went to do my move in the beginning and on top of that, once Ben started describing what my character was, you could just tell Sarah was like, oh, oh, I know exactly who that is. I know exactly who that is. And then she said Meepo and I said yes. And everyone, Andy and Sarah just got so happy that I actually got to play um, Meepo. So uh, that's that I will spoil. I will not spoil the campaign for that. We will have a separate discussion on Rage Game Network podcast about that. Um, but if you guys don't know in the D&D world, those of you who play D&D, Meepo is like fa a famous NPC character because there, you could use him in two different ways. Um, we happened to use him. He came on the adventure. He got He survived at the end of our first one shot and come to find out he got to rule um, this area with a bunch of um, kobolds and that was awesome. He got to be almost like a king. Um, so I, I love it. Well, like I said, I'm not going to go into the whole spoilers into that, but that, that I really enjoyed. That was so much fun. And that's what most parties usually get him as, or right. You see him as the scary creature that's hidden somewhere and you just kind of pass and you're like, eh, we'll go on our own. We don't need him around. He's a, he's going to be a pain of our ass anyways. And <laughs> well, that's what happens is you don't have anyone to help you guide you through and bad things could happen. So very fun, uh, times just reading some of the articles online about Meepo. But yeah, that's just a little bit of review of rage game network. And then what games have I been playing kind of a lot? 
Um, I've been playing a lot of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I'll get more into a discussion later about that. Uh, but very buggy, very crashy, just because I'm playing on the PC and there's a lot of problems with the PC. But let me tell you, when it's not crashing, it's freaking good. Um, a lot of Minecraft. I've been playing a lot of Minecraft, even with Bob. And I wanted to shout out Bob here because when I get really bored, it seems like every time I'm playing Minecraft, he happens to be on. So I jump in with him. Uh, we play a little Minecraft and, and uh, enjoy ourselves. So I'm glad. Sarah would love to hear this, but I've been playing every so often Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I'm aware of the lore and the world. Um, I do enjoy it. I mean, I grew up with Harry Potter, both in the books and um, in the movies. That's kind of how I got into it from the movies and then the books. So I've been playing a little bit. It is really good. I, I do enjoy it. I do like it. I'm leaning that more on keyboard and mouse, but it's taking a little bit to understand everything. So uh, a couple other games just hidden there that I've been playing. Tony Hawk Pro Skaters uh, 1 and 2, the uh, remake on PlayStation. Really good so far that I've played it. It's, it reminds me of the classic games that I used to play. Um, here and there, Tom Clancy's Division 2. I still enjoy playing the Division 2, um, even though it's got some hiccups in it, but it is what it is. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, uh, they had an update. It was the last time when they had the free update based on the Netflix content. I haven't really jumped back into that, but I do enjoy playing in that world. And then I've been playing every so often Planet Coaster and Sly Cooper 4 Thieves of Time just because... I enjoy those games. So, all right, that's our main topics for today. That went a lot longer than I wanted that to go, but there was so much to talk about. So, just understand, we're going to go on to the main topics today. And our main topic today, we're going to go over topic number one. So, topic number one is the UK blocks Activision and Microsoft's uh, deal. So, let me get into the story here. So, right now, in the United States and also in the UK, um, there's a lot of friction going on between this whole Microsoft Activision merge deal that's been going on for quite some time. Um, the most recent news that we've gotten is that in the UK, the Competition and Markets Authority, or the CMA they call it, uh, potentially torpedoed the biggest tech acquire in history uh, recently. Um, and people kind of don't understand why. So let me get into it a little bit here. Basically, the regulators found in their final decision, um, they decided to block it because of really one thing. They didn't care about the IP like Call of Duty, right? They didn't care about a bunch of other stuff like, you know, hiding World of Warcraft behind Xbox players, but not giving it to PC and not giving it to um, PlayStation, we'll just say, right? Uh, th this, th If you guys haven't been keeping up with this one, Xbox, I know definitely Microsoft is a company, and Sony, PlayStation. PlayStation does not like them coming together. I think that it's a good deal. But I can see where PlayStation is like, well, I don't, we don't want them combining because there's some good IP that you're going to get out of it, and we want access to that, right? So they've been coming up with deals that, okay, for you know, um, I believe for Call of Duty, yeah, for Call of Duty, you know that they're gonna, they were offering a 10 year agreement, promising that they're not gonna, you know, make it an Xbox exclusive that'll be available to everyone. Long story short, on that um, is that. They don't like that, but that you know, Sony kind of is doing their thing. 
But yeah, well, no, that no. Regulatory said no. That's fine. That's good with you guys. But what it really came down to was this: cloud gaming. Cloud gaming is the reason why they blocked this deal. And you're probably thinking, if you, we've got people on here that play video games, right? Whether it be on the PC, whether it be on Xbox, whether it be on PlayStation, whether it be on the defunct Stadia. I, I went there. <laughs> Switch, you name it, right? You're probably thinking, cloud gaming, really? Pretty boy, seriously? Cloud gaming? Why would they even think? Why? Why would they think cloud gaming is a huge thing? It has not had the full potential. It's just basically been mediocre. Hence, I mentioned Stadia because that was cloud gaming and it's kind of failed. Cloud gaming in general. Well, let's take a step back here. So, cloud gaming, right, it's not on people's radars. Like, we just kind of hinted at here. Very few people use it. I've used, I think, PlayStation Plus has something where I can play PC games. I'm uh, PlayStation games on the PC. It's not the best quality. It sucks. It breaks down all the time. Um, Xbox has got a way better system, um, which I haven't played a little bit into it, but they got the Xbox, I think, Gaming Cloud, where you can play Xbox games on your Xbox, but also on your PC, right? But a lot of people don't really play with the, the streaming and the cloud gaming, per se. It's just not there, right? There's no good games. There's no suitable games right now that, that really uh, are focused towards that. Right, so that's where their big issue is. I guess they're really concerned that cloud gaming is the big thing going forward, and they want to make sure that that's open and fair, competitive to everyone, not just for Microsoft and Activision. So I, what, what I will say with this topic is I think the block is a little, eh, I get it, but come on. Like, that's that's down the road. Like, you can work out something so that cloud gaming is not a monopoly in the UK or the US um, for Microsoft so that everyone everyone's going to have their own design patent and, and version of a cloud gaming system or whatever they want to do, right? I just think that Xbox is doing it a lot better right now than, say, PC, PlayStation or the, the Funk Stadia that Google put together. Um, and some other programs are out there. It's it's just not a thing, right? I, I get it where you're concerned about the future, but it's not really a thing, and I think some of that has to be dealt with uh, by the different companies. I think you we talk about the console wars. You know, this is a good one where Sony and Microsoft might need to get together and think about, about that and try to not monopolize on that area. So, I don't know. I'm just shocked. Um those of you have been listening to the United States version, the USA version of this, I think it's the um, Federal Trade Commission, the FTC. They kind of are the CMA in the U.S. Um, this ruling, when you look on the legal side of this, blocking the U.K. is most certainly a hurdle for Microsoft. Uh, I know they're scrambling to try to appeal this. Uh, but in the United States, I'll tell you right now, that might be a block. For the merger and the deal that's going on over there. So I, I don't know what's going to happen in the U.S. They haven't made a final decision, but the U.K. did not help the U.S. version of this. So I have a feeling they're going to block it, too. They're going to have to come together with the governments and figure out what what can we do to try to streamline this whole operation. But yeah, I just it's crazy to think that. All right. 
Let's go on to our second topic for today. So our second topic for today, Microsoft and NVIDIA announced expansive new gaming deal. So I totally butchered that, and I apologize. Um, kind of goes into this gaming clouding that we just talked about. So Microsoft and NVIDIA today, uh, just I think a couple weeks ago, they announced a 10-year partnership to bring Xbox PC games to the NVIDIA Gen Force Now cloudy gaming system, which has more than about 25 million members that are part of that system, right? So going into this, the agreement says that it allows gamers to stream Xbox PC titles from their Gen Force Now to the PC, Mac, OS, uh, Chromebooks, smartphones, other devices. Um, it also enables Activision's Blizzard PC titles, such as Call of Duty, to be streamed on um, their products after uh, Microsoft acquisition of Activision closes, which kind of is up in the air right now. So that's kind of a possibility if things go well for what we just talked about, if they're a little bit better. This deal actually might enhance that cloud gaming that they have there. Um, the partnership increases the choices that gamers uh, will have, right? And some of the concerns with that um, Microsoft and Activision uh, deal, they're saying. Uh, it sounds like NVIDIA, therefore, is uh, offering its full support for the regulatory approvals. So I guess they're on the Xbox side and they want things to go well. Um, just looking at this. Microsoft and NVIDIA will begin work immediately to integrate those uh, games so that they can be on the Gen Force now. So you can play all your wonderful games on there. Um, looks good, though. Looks like even things like Xbox games that you can play, PC games currently available in third-party stores like Steam and Epic will also be able to be streamed on the Gen Force now. So anything you currently have bought, you actually will be able to use it on those Gen Force now products. So I like that. I like that a lot. So, um, good. That's good. Good to hear that. You know, at least Gen Force and Microsoft are working together to bring Xbox games, PC games in together. Obviously, Microsoft PC, right, and Xbox. They they're a little bit more closely attached uh, when it comes to the gaming world because right, you got Sony and PlayStation is kind of out itself on an island. Um, so that's just something to be thinking about. Honestly, but I, I like the deal. I think it kind of sucks that with the block, because this news came before the block happened, um, what I would have said is that, yes, it would be really nice, you know, if this had been approved, that this news article would have been really nice to kind of like, oh, well, if it got approved, now you can see how things work. But with the block, it, it kind of makes it harder, right? Because we wanted to bring um, Activision products too. To the PC games, and now that's kind of up in the air. I, ooh, I, I think this first half is just tough. It's tough to try to figure out which way they're going to go. So, what I'll do is because we're going on quite a bit here, let's go ahead and take a break, and um, we might get into a little bit on the back half here in the beginning about this kind of stuff, and we will go from there. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you guys after the break. And we are back. Welcome back to the Pre-Boy Podcast. Um, so I took a little bit of break. I dug a little bit into what we were just talking about before the break, which is Microsoft and Nandidia's announcement of the expansion deal. Um, and we were talking about a little bit behind 
with the current um, Microsoft Activision deal getting blocked in the UK, would that affect um, this deal with NVIDIA? Um, from what I've looked at, from what I've kind of studied while we were on break here, I, I'm not going to lie to you. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a huge problem. It sounds like that, yes, whatever Microsoft has in their current IPs, they'll be able to share. Um, if everything gets blocked, let's say with the FTC and appeals are d done and they decide, nope, we're going to, you know, it's too much of a monopoly and we're not going to let you guys merge um, as companies. I don't think it's like a huge deal. A huge breaking point. I still still think that they have enough that they can break out with Nvidia and be able to provide those services on their um, cloud gaming. So no, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge problem. I'm not really seeing anything. I I just looked at it real quick in an article. I guess the EU has to make a decision on the whole company thing within the next three weeks. Um, the U.S. won't even start looking at this. Um, this whole scenario until August for the FTC with Activision and Microsoft. So kind of want to take a few minutes just to be like, hey, this is kind of what I feel. And based on some research I real quick did, I I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a huge problem. I think they're going to continue on. It's a deal. I don't think the other deal really affects it. Uh, I think they can still get done what they need to get done. And yeah, we'll leave it at that. So. Let's continue on. We're going to go to topic number three. And topic number three today is going to be YouTube gaming leadership changes and creative deals. So this, like I mentioned, this article happened back in October. Um, and long story short, without going into a ton of different avenues that could go, YouTube has been actually gaming has become a, uh, has changed a lot in the last couple of years, uh, especially with the pandemic. And um, I'm just reading the article just the last since December 2022. Um, apparently about 500 million people have logged in daily uh, as viewers um, to watch some of the gaming that's going on in YouTube. And they say more than 120 billion hours have been put in of watch time just for the, that content alone. So they did launch years ago YouTube gaming. Very, it's basically the competitor to Twitch, which is Amazon's uh, program, which I use a little bit here and there. Um, I have used YouTube gaming on my PlayStation Four. Haven't really touched it on PC, but I do have it. You know, personally, I have my own channel. It's Pretty Boy um, RGN, I believe it is, and then Rage Game Network has its own YouTube channel where we're looking at maybe adding more gaming content in there. Right, so it talks about, and I'm not going to go fully into this. There's a whole article that talks about the whole transition and all the different new leaders. They just got a bunch of new leaders uh, at the end of 2022 that came in. Um, you know, so what they're what they're really talking about here is that they attracted a lot of uh, Twitch talent that came into YouTube, which is really good that they did that. Right, they were able to get some of the top um, players um, in the world for video games, create exclusive deals for them, brought family-friendly features into the channel like memberships and super chats and all this other stuff, and they brought it in, and <clears throat> they were able to um, get the right people in the right places so that YouTube can become 
kind of like the number one in gaming, uh, sharing and creating content. Um, so the article gets into, they went through a bunch of leadership changes. They brought, uh, one, one guy left the company in 2022, Ryan Watt. He's no longer with YouTube gaming, YouTube and focusing on the gaming section. They actually brought in someone from Meta and Google who used to be part of uh, Google Play named Leo Obet. Um, so he's actually leading YouTube gaming. Um, he talks about his experience, what he's working on doing. I'm going to leave the article. It's in down in the show notes below. I don't want to go into this too much. But he talks about how it's really popular and you know, going forward, what does he want to do? You know, he talks a lot. There's a lot of opportunities, a lot of even just opportunities for for uh, short form videos that we could have based off that. Um, you know, talks a lot about building up the content, video on demand, and uh, being able to link that with social media and partnership programs, especially with YouTube gaming, um, and wanting to listen to people's feedback. So that's in the article. I just kind of paraphrase that. Long story short, if you really want to listen to check this kind of stuff out, Hollywood Reporter will be uh, article will be down and below. You could check it out, read it, tell me what you think. Because I think that uh, yeah, they're they're becoming a bigger player in all of this um, in the gaming sharing and content creation world. You know the Twitch. Twitch has been having all kinds of problems. Look at Ninja. I think he left. He went to another program or made his own. I forgot. Um, Facebook gaming's not really the same. You know, it's, it's okay. I mean, people have used it a lot. I mean, I haven't really used it for um, Art Rage Game Network, but we focus a little bit more on the YouTube side, and it looks like there's some good stuff going on there. So, yeah, check below if you want to check that out. Um, I, I could tell you my history. If you ever want to know about YouTube gaming, I could tell you a little bit about what I've dealt with content creating um, on the PlayStation PC. Bring it all together um, when, if you guys have any time. So feel free to reach my contacts down below. Um, if you ever want to talk about that, reach out to me and we can talk about that. All right. We're going to do our last topic today. So our last topic today that we're going to talk about is Star Wars Jedi Survivor, uh, the director behind the game, uh, wants the whole Star Wars Jedi series to be a trilogy of games. Sounds interesting, right? So the director's name is Stig Asuman of Respawn Entertainment. Uh, he mentions he wants this to be a whole trilogy of games, so he wants three different games. If you guys don't know a little bit about this, I've actually highlighted the first game in one of my previous episodes of Pretty Boy Podcast as my game of the week. Um, it's called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, came out in 2019. I am playing Star Wars Jedi Survivor right now. It just came out probably in the last couple of weeks here, here in 2023. Um, it's had some bugs and some issues, but it's good. It's a good game. I'm playing on a PC, which is having most of the issues. I played Jedi Fallen Order on my PlayStation 4, um, and I really like that game. And I keep telling, talking to people. I know pe uh, there's some individuals, Andy. I, oh, did I say out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> 
right? We look at the whole history of Star Wars and gaming, and some of the best Star Wars games actually came out of before Lucasfilm bought, I mean, Disney bought Lucasfilm. There's some stuff like right now BioWare has been doing before the Disney purchase um, of Lucasfilm. You know, they put a video game together called uh, The Old Republic. I played a little bit of that. It's an MMO RPG game. It's not bad. I mean, I played a little bit of it, and I've t- played the light side, Jedi. Um, it's not bad. It's it's pretty decent, but it, it you got to put a lot of hours in to enjoy it. And you got to play different characters. And that's one that I think that's... Uh, you don't can't play... I don't believe you can play with a controller. You have to do keyboard and mouse, and that takes a little bit to learn. But digress. Let's get back to... Star Wars Jedi. So, the whole point I'm making, whether you like the current EA games that came out um, or whether you don't like them, right? I know Andy gets upset because the the games are canon and the stuff that happened prior to Disney purchasing the games, they're actually really good. He doesn't like that they're not canon anymore. And I get it. I get where he's coming from, right? But at the same time, Disney bought it. They have the rights to the the to Star Wars. If they want to wipe the slate clean and do something different, they can do it. It sucks, I know, but you could still go back and play, you know, the 2005 version of Star Wars Battlefront 2 and still have a blast. It's just the the story does not exist in the current canon. I'm sorry, but they're good games to play. They have some good stories. Why not enjoy those games? Anyways, out of the new stuff, I think the only thing I really like that EA has put out is what Respawn has done. So Jedi, Fallen Order, and Survivor are fantastic games that build on the lore of Star Wars. Uh, I believe Fallen Order brought gave us... No, they're not the ones. Um, Star Wars Rebels, the TV show, gave us uh, Inquisitors. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order actually flushed out Inquisitors and how they operated throughout the galaxy um, a lot better and where their fortress is, where they hang out, and all this kind of stuff. So they've done a lot of world building to make it a little bit easier to understand. Um, Just recently, the Kenobi series brought in the Inquisitors, you know, and that was really the first time that we mainstream the whole um, Inquisitors to the main audience, right? Because obviously you do anything on the comics and books, not a lot of people pay attention. Video games, there's a little bit bigger, uh, what do you want to call it, audience that will understand that or that will be their introduction. But again, it's not as big as live media. So when you get into things like movies and TV shows, that's where you're going to get your audience and hooked onto this. Anyways, we're get, I'm getting off track. Um, so yeah, the director, uh, Stig here, this is right before the game came out. He had mentioned that, yep, there's a game that came out in 2019, Fallen Order. It did, re- did really well. We created a sequel. With that being said... One of the discussions that got talked about when they were making the second game was, you know, that they're creating stories for Lucas films and they didn't know which way they 
we're going to go with the second game. So he mentioned, well, if I'm going to create a second game, it's going to do well. And it's done pretty, from what I understand, it's done pretty well um, for Lucasfilm, for EA, for uh, Respawn Entertainment. So he talks about his interest in doing a third game in the series. And hands down, what I would say is this. Yes, I think he they should do a third game. First game is awesome. It's really good. If you have not played the game, find the game. Play it. It's Dark Souls meets Star Wars. That's the best way I could describe it. Uh, combat, you can't just hack and slash. You have to read the enemy and understand when you need to dodge, when you need to block, when you need to you know, get out of the area. Because if you don't understand that, it is very difficult. So, good example. When I was playing Jedi Survivor, you run across one of the Inquisitors in the first level. Kind of spoils the game, but I don't give a crap because it's the first level. You can find this online now. Uh, so, you see what's the, an individual called the Ninth Sister. Um, she was a Jedi. Turned to the dark side because, right, when they captured Jedi run Order 66, if they weren't killed, the Empire Captured them, tortured them, and turned them to the dark side. So that's what happened with this one, the ninth sister. Um, I So I had to fight her. That was my first boss. And I kid you not, right? Her health bar, a, a lot. So I'm blocking. I'm hitting her with my lightsaber. I'm blocking, right? She's throwing the lightsaber at me using force powers. I'm blocking all that, da, 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 right? And I'm getting hit, and I'm slowly losing my health in the process. I literally got down to, right, maybe less than 10% of health she had left. I mean, maybe like 5%, we'll say. Like, all I had to do was do a couple blows with the lightsaber, and I would have I killed her. And I died. And it was very frustrating, because literally the whole time, I was either dying in the first phase, the second phase, or the third phase, right before she was about to be killed. I don't I don't know how many times I it took me to kill her. Uh, 20 30 maybe 40 times. Like the whole point I'm making is it's very thoughtful combat. You really have to sit there so and pre-plan ahead and understand that if you see certain things in the individual, you have to block it and not attack at the same time because you're going to get hurt in the process. So like I mentioned, it's very Dark Souls in Star Wars. You have to be very thoughtful about your combat. There's puzzles. There's some a little bit of platforming and some puzzles, which are actually really cool. Um, you get some cool stuff when you do the, that kind of thing. There's some little prizes you get as you go along and open these boxes with all kinds of stuff you can get. So, um, yeah. I, he mentions he would like a third game. Like I said, even though there's some bugs and some issues... Um, the story is so rich and good between Fallen Order and Survivor so far that I've played. Um, I I personally would recommend EA and Respawn Entertainment if this does really well, and it looks like it's doing really well anyways, even with the issues. Create a third game, finish the trilogy for the Jet, a Star Wars Jedi tr uh, trilogy series, whatever you want to call it. Do the three and be done. Right? I think that's good. I think that when you go back to play these three games, you will understand that 
the story makes sense, right? Um, I, I just think it's fantastic. I think it's really good. So, like I said, it is out as of today. Uh, it came out April 28th. Um, really good. Yes, there's a lot of bugs right now. A lot of it's because most new games have bugs. Let's be honest. Um, you know, the developers do the best they can. They do their alphas, the beta testing, and for whatever reason, when they throw it back in and port them to every system you can think of, um, but you're going to have problems. So, um, yeah, if you want the game Star Wars Jedi Survivor, you can get on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC right now, anywhere you get your PC games. So, uh, it is out currently. Like I said, it is really good. You can customize a lot of stuff. There's a couple bug issues. Hopefully, Respawn and EA can address that. Uh, what's nice, there's no microtransactions. Unlike the EA version of Battlefront 2, where it was microtransaction the crap out of the game. It was freaking horrible to play the game. So... I'm glad this doesn't have it. It's a single-player game, if you haven't played the game. And it's actually really good. It actually really is good, like I mentioned. So even though it's got its problems, it's got its bugs, it's actually really good. So I highly recommend play it. So um, with that being said, I haven't really decided yet, but I possibly might do a review of Je uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Maybe Jedi Fallen Order, since I've played through the game now. Um, for RGN, maybe we'll put up a YouTube um, thing about that. So, how about this? If I can put it in this one, I'll put it in here um, as like a poll. But if not, jump on to social media, Rage Game Network, Facebook, or Discord. And let us know if you would be interested in having a series going forward on review of different games that we would have. Um, whether it be, right, Star Wars, whether it be Division, whether it be whatever it is, right, any new content that comes out, let us know if you'd be interested in that. So, again, check out www.ragegamenetwork.com. You'll find our social medias there. Go ahead and log into Facebook or Discord and leave us a comment. Let us know if you'd want to see this kind of stuff because I'm not opposed to it. I really like it. So, all right. So, with that being said, we're going to go to our Pretty Boys Game of the Week. So, this week, I uh, did a little homage to Andy because this is his baby. So, I picked up Pretty Boys Game of the Week is Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate. All right. So let me read this a little bit here from Steam, but you can get this on different platforms. Um, it's not just on the PC, PS4, PS5. There's some other platforms, but let me uh, read you this. Cloud Strife, an ex-soldier operative, sends on the Mako-powered city of Midgard. The world of the timeless classic Final Fantasy VII is reborn using cutting-edge graphics technology, a new battle system, and additional adventures featuring Yuffie. So, reviews overall, 
Very positive. Uh, just recently, it looks like 625 people have reviewed it. All the reviews, you're looking at about 13,080. Very positive reviews. Square Enix is the company who developed and published the game, um, which they do a really good job. If you haven't seen the trailers, if you haven't seen the pictures here, I mean, I've played through the game. I've beaten the game on the PS4. Um, I never, let me make this clear, I have never played a Final Fantasy game. So I was told, hey, why not you play Final Fantasy VII Remake? You probably will like it. I said, okay, I'll play it. So I played it. I beat the game. I had a blast playing Final Fantasy VII. I knew a little bit of the lore of Final Fantasy VII because I know that Final Fantasy VII, the original, was probably the biggest Final Fantasy game of all time. Probably is to this day, if I'm correct. And I've never played it. It was a PS1 classic game. So, really good. Just really good stuff. So if you actually go online to Steam, right now they have, in the next 40 hours from when I'm releasing this, um, they've got the game off, 43% off. So normally the game costs right around $69.99. Um, right now it's on sale for $39.89 for the Final Fantasy VII Remake Integration Edition. So check that out down in the show notes in the everything below. Um, I'll just read you a couple of these recommended. How's that? Um, posts. So what I got here, 9 out of 10, a visual spectacular, really solid remaster of a classic. Um, the soundtrack was good. It was fantastic. Let me tell you, the combat's a blast. It's beautiful. Let me tell you, that combat system that they put into the game is wonderful. It's not just a turn-based style, per se. Um, I do like that. And you can customize everything. Beautiful. The cons they put on here, filter content. Um, 40 hour game only needed to be about 25 hours. They did add a lot from the original. Uh, if I am correct, Andy will have to tell me this. This game was about a third of the original Final Fantasy 7 game. Um, so they actually made a game out of a third of the original. The intent is they're going to make two other sequels to this. That will do the second half and the third half of the game. Uh, you know, uh, I know Andy doesn't like this, and I know he'll probably shut up and take his money for the Final Fantasy VII remake games, but, you know, if you're going to remake a game, remake the whole game. Don't just do one part of the game. So I get the con. Um, very linear. It is very linear. It's not an open world game. That's kind of where I, I kind of wish they would play more into the open world. Um, I think the next one's going to be a little bit more open world to my understanding. Um, but yeah. And then the lack of end game content. There's really not a lot to do once you beat the game. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you can replay the missions all you want, but kind of gets boring after a while. Unless you're a 100%er and you got to go get certain things, but... Yeah, no, I agree with him. It's good, but there's some there's some things in there. I'm like, uh, yeah, no, makes sense. Uh, so the next person put in here, I love the original of this classic game and fell in love with it. Now I have a chance to play it again, and I have to tell you that all of the original heart and soul is here, but with better graphics and better gameplay. The game is an honest love letter to the original 
and offers a fantastic experience. It's well-crafted, well-thought-out, and well-ported. There is also nothing that you will be able to criticize. If you're unsure about it, or if it is just not your genre, I'd advise you to buy it anyways. You'll fall in love with it, too. And 9 out of 10, I've seen some good game with some flaws. Uh, I love playing this game. Can't wait for the next chapter. Uh, nostalgic and graphics and Tifa. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Tifa looks really good in the game. Just saying. That's all I have to say. Um, yeah, no, really good stuff. So, like I mentioned, you can get it on Steam and other platforms, not just um Steam, but there's other sites where you can get it. I believe PlayStation 4 and 5, you can buy it. You can also buy it for... I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think it's PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC only, I believe. Yes, that's what it looks like. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's the only place you could buy the game. Anyways, um, so that completes our Pretty Boys Game of the Week. Um, we talked about the game, so I'm not really going to go into a lot of it. But what I'll tell you, we're, we're getting towards the end of the podcast here, so I want to thank everyone for staying with us and listening. Um, I'm just going to do a couple pl- uh, things real quick, and then we'll get on out of here. And uh, we'll wait a little bit, and we'll give you a season two of the Pretty Boy Podcast. So to finish up here. The Fine Rage Game Network, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Discord, and YouTube, and many other platforms where uh, your podcasts are streaming. Other social media sites you can find us include, and I've got in the link, Facebook, our Instagram, our Discord, our YouTube, our website. If you want to get to know a little bit more about Rage Game Network, check out www.ragegamenetwork.com. And while you're there, guys and girls... There's a merchandise store, so go ahead and get yourself a really nice t-shirt, a really nice coffee mug, um, a really nice flag. That got screwed up on my side, but um, yeah, they probably fixed that. So yeah, get yourself a nice Rage Game Network flag, or you know what? There's a backpack there. If you want a backpack, it's really cool. Get it. But you gotta go to RageGameNetwork.com to get it. That's the only place you can find Rage Game Network's merchandise. Uh, if you want to find myself, Pretty Boy Chris, you can find me on Facebook, Discord, Twitch, and YouTube. Um, like I mentioned, I do play on the PC and the PlayStation 4 a lot. You're going to find me under blah blah 267 or blah blah 0267. Um, I've got my information down below. Um, I'm willing to play any game you would like. You let me know, we'll play. So check out my Facebook down below, Discord, Twitch, YouTube, and then my email um, so you can contact me. All right, so that's it for season one of the Pretty Boy Podcast. Uh, We did hit our year anniversary at the end of March. I just have not been able to get together to finish this episode. So I have. Thank you for everyone for sticking with us. I know it's been kind of crazy the last few months here with some things going on, but this year has been great. We've done a really good job. Um so what I'll say is this. We're going to do season two in the beginning of June. I'm looking to change up some stuff. Please let me know if there's anything you want me to do, anything you don't want me to do anymore. Um, I've got my email down below. 
So blah blah zero two six seven at gmail.com. Please let me know what you think will go good with this podcast, what we could do differently, what you want to see going forward. Maybe you want us to do more interviews here. Or maybe you want to bring more guests on that can talk about certain things. You know, let me know. We can we can work around that. We just got to, you know, get our schedules lined up so we can do these kinds of things. Heck, Pretty Boy Podcast, right? If you want some people from Rage Game Network to jump on the Pretty Boy Podcast, let me know. I'm pretty sure we can work around that. We can find a way to get it done. So let us know. Let us know what you think. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to Season 1 of the Pretty Boy Podcast. It's been a blast. I can't wait to see you in a month for Season 2 starting. And... Make sure you listen to Rage Game Network podcast down below. We do a great job. All right. I'll see you guys next time. Hashtag raging out.